If you're like me and spend a lot of time consuming art and design content, you know how important video is these days. WinX DVD, which has been a global leader of multimedia solutions for the past 16 years, also knows how valuable it is. That's why they have a whole host of programs for all your video needs. My personal favorite is the WinX DVD Video Converter, which not only lets me convert different video formats, but actually compresses them. This is super helpful when working on content to upload to YouTube or Vimeo, as the WinX DVD Video Converter can compress videos by up to 90% without losing quality. And anyone who works in 4K video knows how important that is. Whether it's footage you filmed on your smartphone, GoPro, drone, or professional camera, WinX DVD Video Converter has you covered. Oh, and did I mention that it also lets you edit your video? So once you have them in the program, you can cut, trim, merge, and crop with ease. WinX DVD Video Converter is the perfect tool for any content creator, and guess what? You can try it for free. WinX DVD is doing a special giveaway for top artist listeners. Just click the link in the show notes to enter the giveaway, and you'll get WinX DVD Video Converter for free. That's right, just click the link, enter the giveaway, and the software is all yours. Happy video editing! First rule of architecture is to be born rich. Second rule is to, failing that, to marry wealthy. Uh, and, and the third is to, there's name third, you gotta do one of those things. <laughs> This is Sam Piers on the My Modern Met Top Artist Podcast. The voice you heard at the beginning of the episode was an American architect by the name of Philip Johnson. He was a modernist responsible for projects like the Glass House, New York City Seagram Building and Lipstick Building, and many more. In this quote, Johnson was describing that to get a start in architecture, you simply had to be wealthy. But often, the same is true for people considering hiring an architect. This week, I sat down with Cliff Tan, the architect behind Dear Modern. Cliff was super aware of how inaccessible architecture services are traditionally. So through TikTok, Instagram, and other social media platforms, he decided to create short videos full of professional advice. Using simple furniture models and hand sketches, he teaches about optimizing bedroom layouts, picking the best art or colors for your space, considering feng shui, and more. Cliff has built a community around these channels, in no small part due to his positive energy. Watching Cliff's videos feel a bit like watching The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. We watch to admire his skill, to learn something new, and just for the warmth of his personality. This episode, we talk to Cliff about his impact on the practice of architecture, his expertise in feng shui, and how he was able to build this community through his positive educational videos. Let's jump in. What exactly is Dear Modern and how did it get started? Okay, so I am an architect and I used to work in a conventional architecture firm. So if, if, you, if you know an architect or if you are an architect, you would know that there are some struggles in the office and like sometimes you have different, you, you're, you're hoping for something and you don't really get it. So I started Dear Modern as, as my way to uh, achieve my own dreams, to, to work with my own clients. So it pre- started as a very conventional architecture firm with small projects, but it, it changed. It changed quite a bit since, since when I started. Personally, I think one of the best ways to get introduced to Cliff's work is through a specific video on his Instagram and TikTok. It shows Cliff receiving an angry call from a client about the marble being installed in their beautiful new home. But as he's working, Cliff receives a text from a friend named Mike saying he wants to hire him for help laying out his new apartment. Cliff has to gently remind Mike of his fees, 
But after some thought, the camera pans and we see that Cliff is working on both projects, a big floor plan for the traditional client and a more modest floor plan for Mike. This desire to help everyone struggling to find the best use for their space is part of Dear Modern's mission today. I asked Cliff about the Mike character and about that story. It's a big, it's like a gross summary of everything that I feel and I'm sure a lot of architects feel that we we work with clients who are very rich on, on, on projects that are very big. They're all out of our reach. And at the same time, ourselves, we know we will never live in a place like that. And we know people who will obviously not have homes that size and and so I, I i felt like there's this gap between what we do and who we are and at the same time i found find like a lot of people such as mike in my story need that kind of help and they will never ever have that because first they can't afford it and they can't ever engage the services of an architect so that was how i started this entire um page on tiktok and instagram just to share my my knowledge and share what i know with people and hopefully they can help themselves to make their homes beautiful and that was how dear modern started to evolve yeah i think that's exactly why we thought you'd be a great fit for this theme of impact because you're able to change this field of architecture that's usually for the rich or for the very privileged and all of a sudden uh, anyone can hire you for their design services for like 20, 20 bucks, right? Can you tell us about the the sort of range of services that you offer? So I never intended to offer services. My whole intention was to spread the word, teach people things and let them do it themselves. Uh, but as I made videos and started talking to people, I realized that a lot of people, like rooms are as different as you and me. There's, there, there are so many different types of spaces and they affect all of us differently. And sometimes a generic answer cannot answer that kind of question. So that's when I started allowing people to meet me, to chat a bit and talk. So I have this bookings page on my website where people can just book a one-on-one -on -one session with me to meet up. And it's through this session that I, I, like, I've never seen so much of the world before I, I had no idea of this diversity like I have I've had tiny little rooms in basements to gigantic mansions and everybody has the same question how to make my home nice how to make my space better and it also made me realize how your space and environment has such a big impact on on how you feel, on your mental health, on your well-being. And you don't really make this connection in conventional architecture. You think it's an aesthetic, you think it's art, but it's, it's much more than that. And, and that's what I, I really learned. So as much as I'm teaching people, I'm learning so much myself. That sounds so fulfilling, those conversations and that allow you to sort of see these other parts of the world and see how other people live. Can you tell us a little bit about what those calls are like, or maybe one specific call that taught you a lot? Well, there was, I mean, there are many examples, but this is just a very simple one that's easy for me to describe. So I had this client, she had a room with a funny little kink in it, like a little uh, column going through that left, it left a weird niche. And she was showing me the room in a video. She said, here's my room, here's the window, here's this weird gap in my room and I'm really stressed about it. And well, here's here's my cat tree. And it was then like, I, I saw like, do you not notice this thing? You have you need to find a space for your cat tree. You have a weird niche. Yeah. So I, I spoke to her and I said, put it in the niche. Make the, make the little hole your cat kingdom. 
and she loved it. So she turned the little awkward hole into her cat kingdom and now it's her cat's bedroom and it's the best thing ever. And now if she's looking for a new room, she wants a little awkward niche for the cat to live in. That's so beautiful. To me, that's a really great example of the role of the architect, right? Like it's a service profession and you're supposed to make people's lives better. And that's such a beautiful tiny way that you've made this person's life better. Uh, So maybe this is a good time to ask you a sort of maybe a hard question, but what do you think the role of the architect is? So um, the the architect is a very conflicted profession, I I, I feel. Like you, it's, it's kind of reserved for the privilege is a kind of luxury profession. They give advice and there are many home builders who realize that they don't really need an architect. They just need to hire a contractor who can do everything, the practical stuff. So what is an architect about? Like just designing? I I suppose it's, it's a bit like a doctor. You just need a GP to, to tell you what you've got, what condition you have and what's the best way to do it. It's that kind of assurance. So an architect has the skill, has the experience more importantly, to make the most of any space and optimize it. Of course, there are different types of architects and they have different tastes and they have different approaches. But just as you and me are, it's, it's all about understanding the client. And so I, I think the profession of architecture is constantly evolving based on what people need. And I think right now we are at a, like, at a point where the profession is changing once more with with. Uh, AI and a change in the the way developments happen. Did the COVID-19 pandemic make the work you do helping people with their spaces more relevant since people were spending more time like in their apartments and things? Do you think it made it more important? Definitely. So COVID was a big factor in changing the the way people viewed their spaces. Previously, homes were seen as a a place to just come home to sleep from work. And now homes are everything. It's where they work, it's where they live. And people are really seeing that. And to them, their environment is much more important than what it used to be. And so I, I find that I see a lot of people, a lot more people thinking of how to make their spaces more conducive for work, conducive for living. And, and this, this awareness has changed the way architecture works as well because architects are, are, are not seen as just like um, just delivering a project but also being sought after for their, for their ideas on how to optimize the space more. A big part of Cliff's platform is Feng Shui, also known as Chinese geomancy. He has videos about finding the command principles in a space or how to follow Feng Shui principles in an unusually shaped room. I asked Cliff to tell us a little bit about feng shui and how his clients from all over the world are adopting it. So there, there are two types of feng shui. One is about the one is called form feng shui, which is just about your environment and the flow and the light. And the next one is called compass feng shui, where that talks about the, the date of your birth and your lucky directions and things like that. So the first the first type of feng shui, which is form feng shui, that's the most traditional kind, and that's the one that I, I start with. And usually you you prioritize that. And so that talks about the the way energy flows. And when I say energy, it's not it's not this um, mysterious force, but it's like anything that that drives you. For instance, if there's light from the window or ventilation, natural air, or if there's a door in a long corridor, you know people will be walking through, so that that entrance will present this energy coming in. 
or if there is something quite aggressive looking like a like a big open shelf hanging above you or a giant chandelier dangling above your head that you know the chandelier is not going to fall on you but it is a kind of force and it makes you a bit concerned so that in itself is a kind of energy so it is about looking at all these things around you and trying to respond and making yourself feel as comfortable as you can so if you think about like imagining you are going to a restaurant and there are many many seats and you would choose one seat over another. Why would you do it? It shouldn't make a difference, should it, right? But sometimes you would think like, oh, this, this chair is a bit too close to the door. Oh, that seat is a bit too close to the toilet. Let's sit over here. So by making that decision, you're already using feng shui in your, in your life. And that is what we are trying to, to do in your spaces by picking all these little clues and cues around you and making the space work for you. It's just making the most of your space. It's a bit like architecture. It's, it's about optimizing your, your the way you build a house, finding the flow, finding the light and the protection, and you build a house that way. And through optimizing your space, you perform better, and then your luck changes. So in a way, it feels like superstition because by moving your doors in a certain way, opening a window, you will become rich. But <laughs> in a more practical sense, if you do make a window there, you can breathe, you can work better, and when you work better, you earn more money. So... In, which is why in Asia, they, they see feng shui as a more important element than architecture. Like that is, that is the first step you do. You have to check that your house works well before you even consider building or designing something. Is there anything that you wish people knew about feng shui? I, I wish that people realize what feng shui actually is, that it is just about making the most of your space. It is not superstition. It is not a thing. Like if you needed to build a house, you need you need to think of your site conditions, your surroundings. You need to think of all these factors and whatever you consider, all these things fall under this umbrella of feng shui, which is just a fancy name for saying making building your house in the most optimal way to make you grow better. Maybe we think it's a little bit more mystical than it is when really it's just ideas that architects have agreed on for a long time about like functionalism and rationalism and all of these things. Are people, your clients, generally surprised by this idea? My clients, they they actually don't mind what I talk about. Like, like they don't mind whether it's feng shui or architecture or interior design. They just want their space to look and feel right. And... It's funny because a lot of the times they don't know what they want. They just know they don't like what they have. Mm -hmm. And you realize that as like what I'm doing, I am not telling them how to improve their space. I'm trying to understand them as a person. It's almost like a therapy session. <laughs> we are counseling, we're learning about each other. And then through knowing them, their habits, their lifestyles, what's important to them, you design a space that suits them the best. Yeah, it's not a one-fits-all solution. Like These are the rules to feng shui and you have to follow them. It's sort of getting to know them. So that being said, you've talked about working with some really odd spaces, some rooms with a lot of niches, some rooms with odd columns in the middle. So when do you know that you have to break some of the principles of feng shui to make a space feel better? Does that happen really often? 
you always break the principles of feng shui. It's about which one you break and which one you don't break. There's n- n- no room is perfect. And you, you'll be scared if you get a room that's too perfect. And then you, you'll be thinking of how to make it even better. So that no room is perfect. You, are, you need to break some rule. And that's when understanding your client is so important because you need to know which is the rule to break, which one matters to them more. Because these are not rules. These are guidelines. It's about making this, as, as we have learned, it's about making the space suit you the best. So you need to know you, you need to know the client. And that's why it's so important to have a proper conversation with the client. And sometimes you see the client as, oh, the enemy, like I'm trying to push my ideas and the client is just not listening. But actually, it is about understanding the client. There's this thing I learned in school, this word, it's so imp- it, it, it made such an impact in my life. It's called empathy. You just need to put yourself into the other person's shoes and everything changes. Everything changes. Like, uh, like everyone has a point. When everyone wants something, you need to understand why they want something. Sometimes I get clients who tell me that they want something completely ridiculous in their room. Like, no, why? Are you, why? Why do you even want an ice bath, for instance? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, like, I, I need to... I need to, to, to speak to them and understand what's important to them. And, and when you understand, things make a lot of sense. And when they make sense to you, you can only then you can really give them a good answer, a good answer that works. I think it really comes down to, again, understanding architecture, not as uh, this art form where you can do whatever you want and create these sculptural things. And it's all about like your work as the architect, but that it's primarily a service profession and you're making people's lives better through their spaces. Uh, I think that's why like your Instagram and TikTok are so exciting because it's saying I'm trying to help you find the best solution for your space. And even if your room is kind of weird and small, and if it's a tiny studio apartment, like this is still architecture like this is still design uh, and you still deserve access to architecture services even if you're not hiring me to build uh, a mansion or something like that I, I guess that's what really um, inspires me here and, and that that's the thing that made me happy that there's this question the one question that I got was what makes you happy with architects is a very difficult question what makes them happy because very often they they, they need to work a lot and like it in in school, they are promised that they can design their own buildings and things. But when they are in the office, it it's almost like a nine to five job, and the whole passion is kind of diffused. And so, for me at least, I I managed to to find happiness through my clients because we are like meeting friends and solving problems. It's it's the sort it's a problem solving that really makes it meaningful. And being able to meet people on such a short and quick basis makes you. It, uh, like allows you to help more people and and more quickly give that kind of help. So if someone wanted to uh, to book you, how should they go about doing that? So currently I am bookable. You can come to my website, which is dearmodern.com and make a, a booking with me directly so you can meet me in person. But more than that, I'm also trying to, thinking of ways to, to spread the knowledge um, further because I understand that I cannot meet everybody. The, the waiting list is currently quite long. So I, I am also writing a, a book about feng shui. So it's, it's quite a simple book and it the intention is to untangle all the misconceptions about it and make it really super easy to understand and approachable. So that will be published early next year and I'm very excited about that.
we ask you, the listener, to submit your questions for our segment, Ask the Artist, or in this case, Ask the Architect. Thanks to our listeners and Cliffs fans, we had way too many questions to get to in one episode, but we'll be posting some more answers to your questions in the coming days on Instagram at Top Artist Podcast and on Twitter at Top Artist Pod. Here are this week's listener submitted questions that made it to the episode. Okay, so the first Ask the Architect is, where are you from? I am from Singapore, where there's a lot of feng shui happening over there in, in East Asia, Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan. So I'm from Singapore and I studied architecture there and I moved to London to finish my studies and now I'm living in London. What is the hardest thing about being an architect? The hardest part about being an architect is to stay focused and stay passionate to what you're doing. Many things will happen. Just always remember why you're there and what motivates you and, and stay with it. Can we see your home setup? I have actually shown my home setup to, to people who I've met on, on our consultation sessions. But no, I'm not showing anybody my house setup because I don't want it to sway your opinion. Like every room is different. There's beauty to every kind of space. I don't want to show like this is the best thing you should do because I, I, I want to remain neutral, especially for something as subjective as interior design. Great point. Okay, so now we know why we'll never see your home if people are scrolling through Instagram looking for it. <laughs> what has been your biggest challenge with a client and how did you overcome it? The biggest challenge with a client is when the client wanted something that I could not understand at all. Like um, we had a big disagreement about something. To me, it, this was this is just not going to work. This is really not going to work. But the client just insisted on it. So that was when the empathy became so important. I had to take a step back and listen to the client from her point of view, actually. Well, yeah. So I had to really, really understand why she wanted this thing so badly. And through that, that, that empathy, you, you understand and suddenly everything made sense and, and it diffused the whole situation and you were able to create something that both parties are happy with. I am interested in architecture, but I have no idea on where to start. Any advice? If you want to be an architect, there's, there's of course, the, the proper channels to do it. You go to university, you study, you do your technical studies, and you, you, you follow the process to become registered as an architect. But more important than that, you need to know if this is the path for you. If you want to, what, what, I, what, why are you doing this? What, do you want to improve people's spaces? Do you want to improve people's lives? Do you want to build a big building? Because architecture is not, very, is not so straightforward as a profession. It, it has different sides and you need to find the side that you like and to see if that can fulfill your dreams. What are your future goals? You know, I'm actually a very happy person as it is. Like, ever since I started this and I realized that I, I, I gained so much joy from helping individual people. I know it sounds cliche, but it, it really you really feel that kind of satisfaction when you help a person. That suddenly my priorities have changed so much. I I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. Just to I just want to see if we can really bridge that gap between like architecture and, and, and the normal person and to see if there's any better way for the so-called normal person to achieve the spaces that they they like and so that everybody can have a beautiful place to live in so i i think that's that's my current path i'm just going to pursue this without any any further uh, expectations i i i don't think I, I need to make a career or make money or anything like that it's just to carry on that is 
a really great place to be in your career to just like be so fulfilled that you're like, man, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. And our last question is not really a question, but it was really sweet. So I wanted to include it, but the submission is, sorry, this is not a question, but I literally love this page. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. There were lots of little submissions like that. Just grateful for the work that you do and grateful for the videos because you bring so much joy. So we always close out all of our interviews by asking our guests the same question, which is, what is the impact you hope your work will have? Yeah, so I, I started Dear the, the Modern in the most conventional way, but through through my posts and getting to know people, I realized something very important that that, that there is a radical shift happening. Oh, it, it has always been there in that it's people caring about their own spaces and their own environment, and it's becoming more potent now. And then you have the architect who only works on the beautiful houses, the beautiful, unattainable, unreachable. And there's so much talent there that's, that can't be tapped because they're all stifled in this environment where they're forced, almost forced upon large projects. And it's this bridge that I'm, I'm hoping to, to connect between the everyday and the architect who in a funny way, themselves are the everyday people. Architects are not rich, so they live in horrible spaces themselves, and they would understand this as much as anyone else, that anyone deserves a nice space, and there's so much expertise to tap on, and there's so much satisfaction to be gained from helping all these people. So what I'm doing is just the tip of the ice, but of course I can't change anything. I'm just me. But it's helping people realize that this is possible. And like I've, got, I've gotten a lot of questions from people, how to do my room, how to fix my space. But there's another group of questions which is more interesting. It's how do you get to where you are? What do I need to study to do what you are doing? How do I get a job like yours? What is your job even called? I don't even know what my job is called because yes, I'm an architect, but I'm, I'm doing it in the most unconventional way that few people have ever done. In fact, I don't know any any of any such service where you can meet an architect almost in a in, in the way you will meet a GP. So I think that there's this weird radical shift and Dear Modern is 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 on that path. If you are already a follower of Cliff and Dear Modern like me, you might recognize that his response really lines up with the energy of his platform. Through his videos, we recognize that he loves teaching and that he has some really great design ideas to share with the world. You also may recognize his signature catchphrase that closes out each of his videos. So now you know. I asked him about ending each video with that catchphrase. I, I say that because once you know, you can't unknow. Hmm. So once you learn, you can't unlearn. And that and, and every in everything that you do, you will do things in a different way. And how can people find you on social media if they want to connect with you and your work? So I my handle is Dear Modern. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram. YouTube. I have a Twitter account as well. So I, I publish all my short videos on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And yeah, I, 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 I try to publish a bit longer ones on YouTube. But for now, it's, it's mostly shorter videos, like quick ones. So Cliff, thank you so much for joining us, for teaching us a little bit about feng shui and what you do. And we're really excited to share this episode with everyone. Thank you so much. And now you know.
That was Cliff Tan of Dear Modern. We'll be sharing lots of content about Cliff over the next few weeks on our social media. If you follow our socials, you'll get plenty of bonus content, sneak peeks at future guests, and the opportunity to submit questions for future Ask the Artist sessions. Plus, we just love to hear what you think of the show, whether it be in the form of a quick Instagram message or a review on whichever platform you usually listen to Top Artist. Be sure to tune in next week for marine biologist and conservation photographer Christina Mittermeier, who uses her work to engage in critical conversations about our ocean and our world. That episode will be brought to you by my co-host, art historian Jessica Stewart. If you love the stories you hear on the podcast, you can keep up to date on all things interesting in art and culture by supporting My Modern Met and the show through our membership program. Just go to My Modern Met and click the membership button in the upper right-hand corner to see all the cool benefits that you get, including ad-free reading. We are so excited to keep sharing these stories about impact all through season two, so thank you for listening. Like our latest guest Cliff Tan would say, so now you know. <laughs>